Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Way That I See It. My name is Lucy Superfox, and this is my podcast. So in this week's episode, we are going to talk about self-sabotage, procrastination, and shame, and how to move move through all three of those states to step into a more empowered, healthier, happier, wealthier, worthier version of you. So first of all, I think it's important to acknowledge that if you are experiencing self-sabotage or procrastination, the likelihood is that you are beating yourself up about it too. The likelihood is that you are wondering what's wrong with you, wondering why you can't stick with anything, wondering why you only get so far, maybe even getting frustrated with yourself and then paralyzing yourself by thinking, oh, I've just there's no point starting because I just won't finish. And this is often why people's lives never really change or why they yo-yo between two points, whether that's two income levels, two body weights, types of relationship, how their career is going, great or crap. Like, And this is people often move up and down a scale because they've never changed the scale, right? So they have a maximum and a minimum about what they're available for and what's possible for them. And so if you're experiencing, you know, the self-sabotage or procrastination, really all they are is programming. So let's talk about them each in turn. And then I want to talk to you about shame because some of you will be listening to this thinking, I don't experience shame. I don't feel ashamed. And that is because we often associate shame as just being ashamed. So for example, being like, oh God, I'm so ashamed that I got so drunk last night and you know, fell over in front of everyone or I'm embarrassed, right? But that's not really how I would describe shame and where shame shows up in our lives so first of all let's talk through self-sabotage and then let's talk through procrastination and then let's talk through shame so first of all if you are self-sabotaging what you are actually doing is just falling into your default settings falling into your default programming so when we're looking to change or create different in life whether it's more money body business relationships it doesn't actually matter what it is that you're seeking we have to not only set the goal and have the desire but we have to actually change the programming both in our mind and in our nervous system so that we become a match both vibrationally but also conceptually that we can understand it we can feel it we know how it is and also vibrationally to have the new thing so the body the business the relationship the money So if you are finding that with self-sabotage, you are only getting so far. So a good example of this is three weeks into a diet and then you go out on a bender or that you're doing, you know, let's say you're really in a high vibration with money. You're really like you feel like you're really in a great place. The money's flowing. The money's coming. And then something happens. You get triggered. So let's say you get a letter from HMRC. Everyone loves one of those. Right. You get a letter from HMRC and down you go back into lack, spiraling down into there's never enough. There's never enough. There's never enough. And then you go into overspending to compensate because you feel like there's never enough. And you're like, what? You know, haven't met my savings goal, have actually overspent or, you know, didn't meet my body goal because I actually went out. And everyone's version of self-sabotage looks different. Whether in your business, it could be that you only get so far and you kind of get, you push the snowball up halfway up the hill and then you go, oh, actually, do you know what? I need a day off, right? And you will know what self-sabotage looks like for you. I don't need to give you a clear example because you'll be like, oh yeah, that's where I self-sabotage. So if you're self-sabotaging, what I want you to remember is this, that your programming, so your nervous system and the way you think and your core belief, so deep down on a somatic, deeply cognitive, deeply like feeling level, if your core beliefs are in the opposite direction of the thing that you want or are in the direction, but not all the way there, your beliefs, your programming is going to spring you back like a bungee cord. 
So if you've seen those things, you know, where people, not like a bungee jump, but where people like run as far as they can with an elastic band and then it snaps them back and it's like some kind of game. That is very much how self-sabotage looks to me in real life terms. And it's because we only get as far as our programming, our nervous system and our emotions and beliefs will let us. So when you are self-sabotaging right now, I want you to not beat yourself up. And I know that's so much easier said than done, but berating yourself has got you where you are today. Berating yourself isn't going to get you to the next step because we berate ourselves because that's kind of the parenting model, right? So we do something wrong. Parents tell us off. It's supposed to inhibit negative behavior. But if this is programming, if you are an adult, and I'm hoping you are, I'm hoping my kids don't listen to this, right? If it is programming, then you can't beat yourself up for programming because we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. That's a James Clear quote, but I kind of pivot it into, we don't rise to the level of our desires. We fall to the level of our default settings. So the likelihood is the first few weeks of pursuing any goal is exciting and new, right? So you are, you've got your conscious mind on it. You're fully intentional in it. Your energy's there because you're passionate. You're excited. It's new. It's shiny, right? Especially if you've got ADHD, your dopamine's like, woohoo, new goal, right? What happens is on a, we, we're tired. We've had a long day. It's no longer exciting. Stress happens. Life happens. And if we haven't done the work to reprogram our mindset and release the past experiences from our nervous system, we will be triggered by life and that will cause us to fall to our default settings. So it's not really self-sabotage. It's actually self-soothing. It's doing what you need to do to feel better. It's what you've trained yourself to do to feel better. It's what you've programmed yourself to do to feel better. Because your body and mind does not want you to feel shit. We want to avoid negative emotions at all cost. So we will find any way to do that. So whether that is, you know, drinking wine when you're trying to be teetotal, whether that is eating food when you're on a diet, whether that is, you know, like I said, overspending and shopping when you're trying to sort your money relationship out, like, we will always fall to the level of our default settings. And this is why in transformation, in change, we must transform the default setting, not just set bigger goals and, you know, pie in the sky thinking. Because when we don't actually do the reprogramming and the rewiring and release the past energies from the nervous system, what we're actually doing is a top, is a, it's one of my favorite things to talk about now. We're doing something called spiritual bypassing. So we're trying to bypass real feelings real experiences real emotions that we are feeling and trying to cover over the top of them with either positivity or okay I had a bad day today but I'll have a good day tomorrow and and it's actually delusion is what it is you are getting what you are available for energetically conceptually your imprint is telling you what's possible for you so you have to change the imprint in order to change what's possible for you hopefully that makes sense so with that being said, what do you need to do if you are self-sabotaging? Well, number one, you obviously need to get clear on what you actually want, why you want it. So you need to be really clear that it isn't just good idea, should do what someone else expects of you, that it's actually what you desire. If then it is, and you're like, yes, I really want this, and here's why I really want it, then from that place, your answer is to look at your habits, to look at your behaviors, to look at what you believe about that area of life or that thing and dig into those and work out why they're true. And look, you don't have to know the answer to everything. You don't have to know why you believe a certain thing because I was that person. I just needed to know. I needed to explain away my feelings. And it doesn't actually get you anywhere because even though you can rationalize it and go, oh, I think that because of this experience, it doesn't help you move forward, promise you. So, but when what's really important is to get aware of what you do think and how you do act and how you do feel. And this is why, like, if you ever work with a personal trainer or a coach, they'll often get you to keep like a food diary or a mood diary or a action diary. 
It's not because they want to sit and judge you. It's because they're forcing you to get aware about what you are doing. Nobody can do this for you. So awareness is always that first step. Once we've got clear on what we want from that awareness, then it's our work to do the reprogramming of the mind. So whether that is through doing limiting belief work, whether that is through, um, you know, and again, depending on the topic, depends on how much work needs to be done. You know, that's this is where our personal growth practice comes in. And then we've got to do the work on the nervous system. So we've got to release the past memories from the nervous system so that our nervous system feels safe to, you know, step into change, to step into growth, to step into newness. And this looks different for every single person, but there are two things that I would say on this. So number one, if you are, if stress is your reason that you self-sabotage in any way, and a lot of stress is subconscious guys, like most of my stress has never been visceral. Oh, I'm stressed. It's always been underneath. I'm ruminating. I'm worrying. I'm anxious. I'm controlling. That guys is stress on the nervous system. So in that stressful state, if it's happening on a conscious level and you're aware of it, your answer isn't to go, when I feel stressed, I'm now going to do yoga rather than drink wine, right? Your answer in that moment is to go, right, I need to address why I'm stressed. Why is this stressing me out? Is it actually stressing me out? Or is this just a stress response that I've been stuck in for years and years because I had a stressful career? Am I stuck in this response because I don't believe I'm good enough? And actually, I'm just trying and trying and trying all the time. So it's about looking what's underneath the surface and it's about getting out ahead of it. So rather than trying to band-aid when we are stressed, because that's like saying, right, when your hand's in the biscuit tin, just pull your hand out and have a piece of fruit instead. Like as if you're going to do that, right? If you're halfway through pouring a glass of wine, the reality of you actually then going for a walk instead is pretty slim. So the key, right, the key in this scenario is to get out ahead of it by turning to work out what's creating stress in our lives. How can we mitigate that? How can we support and nourish the nervous system to be more relaxed, to help us move out of the fight or flight system into that more relaxed state? So that's the first thing. The second thing is we've got to release previous emotions. So the body often takes emotional snapshots when we go through experiences. Sometimes they're positive, sometimes not so much. And so what can often happen is, you know, an experience that could be a childhood one, it could be an adulthood one, where you didn't feel good enough, where maybe someone shamed you or someone made you embarrass you or someone made you feel really bad about yourself. And you stored that as a snapshot energetically. What then happens is every time that little wound gets poked, it takes you all the way back to that emotion. And it actually takes you back to that version of yourself. So if you were immature back then, if you were chaotic back then, if you were stressed back then, if you were a child back then, it takes you back to that version of yourself. And this is why I mean, when I talk about default settings, why we must address them. Guys, this is why I built the Becoming program because it's the it's the reprogramming, it's the releasing, and then bringing those two things together to recalibrate, to change our energy, to change our beliefs, to change our thoughts and feelings so we change our point of attraction. And then I give you all the steps to really mastering manifestation and putting it all together. So that's self-sabotage. Procrastination is very similar. So procrastination, the way I define it as is as like associating more discomfort with doing the thing than not doing the thing. Now, we all know that usually doing the thing, whether it's the workout or the business task or the social media post or the, you know, following up on a friend who said they were going to come out with you and they haven't, right? The reality is we always feel much better afterwards. We always feel like we never, what's that phrase? You never regret a workout that you actually did, only the ones you didn't do, right? It's the same thing. And so- it's just usually procrastination is either a fear or anxiety of a perceived outcome. 
So for example, you might be procrastinating on working out because you actually, you're having, you don't feel good in your body today, or that you are afraid that you might see someone at the gym or you're procrastinating because you just can't be bothered. Right. And because you're tired again, if we got out ahead of that and we're doing the work to manage our energy, then we wouldn't be tired. Right. And does it mean you won't procrastinate? No, because procrastination is part of your default settings. So look, you cannot assume that your life is only going to be ever things you want to do. Like it's kind of a, a misnomer when people say just outsource all the things you don't want to do. Because in actual, in actual fact, all that then does is create more avoidance because then you just don't do any of the things and then you don't address why you don't want to do any of the things because it's never about the thing. So me procrastinating on, let's say, going to the gym is never about me procrastinating going to the gym. It's either a perception that it's a waste of time, right? So this is one of these are some of my old beliefs. I don't, I don't actually use the gym very often now. I'm a Pilates girl now. But one of them used to be, it's a waste of time because I was so attached to my business. I was so attached to my business growth to success that I believe that going to the gym was in the opposite direction of that. Now what I now I know what I know about the nervous system and movement and energy, the gym would be high on my list to build my business and greater success, right? I would procrastinate on it because deep down I knew that I was burnt out and tired and expending more energy would actually make me worse. So look, your procrastinations might be pretty surface level. They might be small things like prepping your food for tomorrow or doing a tax return or you know, like I've got, a, it's my VAT quarter, I've got to download my bank statements. It takes three minutes, right? Because it's often boring. Now, if you've got ADHD, your procrastination levels are going to be way higher because we just don't, there's no dopamine, there's no fix, there's no like buzz attached to it. But does that mean that procrastination is something outside of us? No, it's still you doing it. And so a real step in self-mastery is when you procrastinate is being able to look at it and go, huh, this is so interesting. Why do you think I'm, why am I procrastinating on this one thing? Sometimes the answer might be just because it's boring. Sometimes the answer might be because I'm really fucking tired. And if actually what you're experiencing is almost like a procrastination because you're numb, you're lifeless, you feel a bit helpless, you don't really have the drive. I think you need to look bigger at what's really going on in life and what you're avoiding. And potentially if you're experiencing burnout, and I would highly recommend to, if you're listening to this podcast to, to basically do my free masterclass, because I explain all of this in massive detail. You can get that at loosesuperfox.com forward slash transformation. It's completely free. There are two other free trainings in there as well. It's like my free training program. Um, because what often is going on, like self-sabotage and procrastination are quite surface level things that we talk about all the time, we make humor out of them. There are memes made out of them, right? But truthfully, they're always masking something else and they become part of our default programming. So if we want to change our life, we have to be able to overcome self-sabotage and procrastination because they are things that are keeping you away from the dream life that it is that you are seeking. So if last but not least is shame. Now I said at the beginning that most people but like, well, I don't experience shame. You know, I'm not embarrassed very often or why would I be ashamed? Like I said, you know, the only example I can give you where I probably knew what ashamed meant was an experience of getting smashed and being like, oh God, what did I say? Or what did I do, right? Or you might be ashamed of the way you spoke to someone or a behavior. But shame itself is an emotion that shows up a lot. It is one of the most suffocating emotions to feel in, in my experience, and it is one that I masked and pushed down for years. So shame is often driven by, well, it's, it's actually created by, and, you know, referencing Gabe Mate here, it is actually created by a lack of attachment with primary caregivers in a child's early years. So what that means broken down is 
if let's say the child and the mother don't, it could be mother, could be father, primary caregivers, really important here, don't have a really kind of attached bond or like an emotional bond that is kind of, they're, they're connected is the only word I can give you, right? If they're not connected in that early window, I don't know, mum's not very well, we've got challenges around postpartum depression, maybe there's a lot of stress, maybe there's financial situations going on. What that creates in the baby is, and I know that you're going to be like, what? This makes no sense. I promise you it's been studied a thousand times. Read about attachment theory, read about parenting styles, read about Gabe Mate if you're like, I don't believe you. But what this actually creates in the child is the first feeling of shame. The feeling of not being good enough, the feeling of not being seen, the feeling of not being heard, the feeling, not the intellectual understanding, the feeling. Then as we go through childhood, and I think I've talked about this on previous podcasts, whether it's through the education system, whether it's through our parents needing us to behave, whether it's through having multiple caregivers who have different rules for life, we can often be told things like be quiet, good girls clean their room, uh, you know, no, don't speak unless you're spoken to. You need to get a proper job. Your grades weren't good enough. Like whatever it is. And, and like I said to you before, my I think really think my shame work was really uh, activated in from schooling and the education system because we were kind of graded against each other. Well, toxic. But that what that led to is a feeling of not being good enough. Now, that feeling is so wounding, especially at a young age. We don't have the emotional resilience to be able to handle it. That feeling is so wounding that we go through life doing everything we can to avoid it. And that feeling of not being good enough, not being seen, not being heard is shame. That's what it is. And so the reason that you respond when someone takes a jibe and you get fucking ragey or you judge them or you are resentful or you go into rumination or worry or anxiety is normally because you would rather feel one of those things than feel shame. Shame is like the worst. It's worse than guilt. If you look at the emotional scale, it's right down there. It's paralyzing. It's introspective, but not like in a positive way. It feels suffocating. You feel like you want to just wrap yourself up like a little baby, right? Because the feeling of shame is the worst feeling I have ever experienced. And because I lived a lot of my adult and professional life running from shame by striving for things, actually, when I had to sit down and realize that the reason that I never felt good enough, that no matter how much I did, no matter how much I worked, no matter what success I created, how much money I made, that I never felt good enough. And so I've never felt good enough my whole life. And this is why I said in the last podcast, confidence and self-worth are not the same thing. I'm a confident person. I can deliver a presentation like a boss. I stand on stages. I speak. I'm confident in my skill sets. That does not mean that I have felt worthy my whole life because they are different things. And so Feeling good enough is about feeling worthy. And when we feel worthy, that's because we've addressed the, the wounds. We've addressed the feelings of shame when they come up. We're not running from them, pushing them down, avoiding them, you know, with self-sabotaging behaviors or doing things to avoid that feeling of shame by procrastinating. We're not judging, resenting, getting ragey, getting angry, getting frustrated, all emotions that are higher up the scale to avoid feeling that wounded, deeply wounded, I'm not good enough feeling. And so Overcoming shame is about doing both the reprogramming, the releasing from the body and doing that in an environment where you feel safe. And safe doesn't mean, you know, someone's not going to burgle you. Safe means emotionally supported, like space is being held for you. And as I was going through this journey, I worked with quite a few practitioners. So somatic healers I worked with, obviously, you know, my husband was 
life-changing in that time because he's a very secure person he's secure in our relationship he didn't need me to be a certain way for him to feel a certain way obviously he was sad that I was sad but I think this is what happens so much is that a lot of people avoid doing the inner work because they don't have the environment or the community around them that so they can behave different and feel different and be low and be down because they don't have someone to hold space for them and that was one of my motivations really for creating the becoming courses although it is a self-led program is I'm I'm the extent I'm holding space for you in that program like the I designed all the videos the workshops the modules I tell you stories about my life I give you honest examples more than you'd ever get on a podcast from me and I do that so that you feel seen so you feel heard so that you know that even you know let's say you listen to my podcast and you're like yeah she's awesome that you know that I didn't feel good enough either and actually through doing a lot of this inner work that I have been able to feel good enough that I do know my intrinsic worth sure does my shame bear get poked sometimes absolutely we don't you know what we do is and this is a phrase very much therapeutic books but we integrate the broken parts of ourselves. we don't get rid of them and so this is really the design of this pro of the becoming program is the integration of the parts we don't like about ourselves seeing them for what they are recognizing where they came from being able to see them differently and then being able to move forward so if you are experiencing lots of trigger type reactions. You feel triggered all the time. You get frustrated. You go from pa being paralyzed, striving, and then you're seeking all the time. Like this constant feeling of seeking. That isn't just an ADHD thing. Don't let anyone fucking tell you that. It's normally a wound thing. And so my advice would be this. If you are experiencing self-sabotage, procrastination, and the feelings of being triggered all the time, there is no goal big enough that is going to make you move through those three things. You are going to have to do the work to reprogram the mind and the subconscious to recalibrate that body, to regulate that nervous system, to release those memories and, you know, where relevant the trauma from the body under the right support. And you are going to have to do that if you want to see real transformation in 2024 and beyond. So if you feel called, you can unlock the Becoming program at lucysuperfox.com forward slash confidence. It is open for enrollment at a sale price until the 14th of February end of day 14th of February might extend it who knows because I'm going to be traveling this week so we'll see but 14th February is the goal and again guys it's literally like 33% off so you're going to get that an amazing price you've got the six modules you've got a ton of bonuses you've got downloads everything from manifestation scripts to meditation playlists you've got the six modules which themselves are broken down as clearing so this is about clearing the past releasing and then we've got um Module two, which is all about healing. This is about where we bring that nourishment, we bring that support in. Then we've got restoring, which is bringing the energy back into the body, doing the stuff to lift yourself up. Then we've got module four, which is manifesting. This is where we step into our manifestation game. Module five is becoming, which is bringing it all together. And then module six is about burnout boundaries and bouncing back because we don't just do work once, we do it over and over and over and over. And that is why you get lifetime access to this program. So if you feel called, you can check that out at lucyfox.com forward slash confidence. But if you're like, I want to check out the free training, I want to hear more about the, all these topics, and you can always check that out at loosesuperfox.com forward slash transformation. So this was the way that I see it. I hope you love this episode. You can find those links in the show notes and I will see you on the next episode.